Welcome to the County Pulse, Episode 1. This podcast is developed by the Virginia Association of Counties and shares with our listeners the pulse of Virginia county government. I'm Dean Lynch, Executive Director of the Virginia Association of Counties. Our topic today is the state budget and the implications for Virginia counties. Our guest today is Katie Boyle, Director of Government Affairs with the Virginia Association of Counties. Katie, it's good to have you with us here. Uh, Talking about the state budget, we know that the General Assembly ended sine die back in March without a state budget. Why is this? What's happened? Well, thanks for having me, Dean. Um, And yes, we we are about two months and change into an impasse on the state budget. As you mentioned, the General Assembly tried to reach an agreement in March before they adjourned and weren't able to do it. Um, And so the special session was convened. Um, And the central dispute is over how to handle Medicaid expansion and whether to expand Medicaid um, to people making up to 138% of the poverty level under the Affordable Care Act and draw down some federal dollars uh, associated with that expansion or not. And because that decision influences the level of resources that are available in the budget, until that central question is resolved, nothing else can be resolved. And so we are just waiting resolution of that issue. Well, now, Katie, with Medicaid expansion as the central issue of the budget discussions right now, won't we be able to, in Virginia, if we go with Medicaid expansion, to be, to be able to serve more people uh, that have lower income uh, in the healthcare community, through the healthcare community? That's right. And that's what advocates for Medicaid expansion have been um, supporting. Um, it, it would um, offer coverage to, you know, what people would characterize as the working poor, um, people who um, make too much money to qualify for Medicaid now. Um, we're currently under Medicaid, if you're an able-bodied adult with no dependents, you really don't qualify for Medicaid um, at all. And so this would up- allow some... Uh, of those people to qualify. But now the flip side of this Medicaid expansion could be that that the federal government would be lessening the amount of money coming into Virginia over the next several years. Who's going to pick up those costs or will they be picked up? And that's right. And that's been um, that's been the counter argument um, since Medicaid expansion became uh, considered optional based on the Supreme Court's decision a few years ago. And so, um, yes, the the federal share will gradually decline to 90% for this expansion population. Um, And there is a fear that, you know, in in the future, that the federal government might might walk its uh, contribution back even further. Uh, Existing Medicaid is 50-50 state and and the federal government for most things. So um, the way that the um, budget compromise that's been floated by um, Senate Finance Co-Chairman Senator Hanger and House Appropriations Chairman Chris Jones is structured. Um, it imposes a, an assessment on private acute care hospitals to generate the state share of the match for the expansion population. So it wouldn't be state general fund dollars making the match. So it'll be the hospital tax that will actually be paying for this That's right. in Virginia. That's right. But isn't there also an opt-out provision that if less dollars are coming into Virginia from the federal government that Virginia can opt out of doing the program? Yeah, it's really sort of a kill switch. I think it would sort of automatically walk back Virginia's 
participation, because that's also been a concern, is that if you've expanded this entitlement, it's very hard to take it away in the future. And so um, the budget addresses that issue. So in short, looking at the whole expansion, the Medicaid expansion piece, we know that if we go down this road of expansion, we're going to have more federal dollars coming into Virginia. And I, I assume that uh, what we would want at the county level is to maintain or put those resources into local programs, county programs. That's right. And that's sort of been our position all along is that um, we need a budget that invests in county priorities. And we haven't really taken a position on the source of those revenues, but um, the federal resources flowing in under this compromise proposal do free up state dollars that otherwise are spent um, for inmate health care, for example. So um, the compromise budget that's under consideration does free up some of these state resources and then reinvest them in some areas that are of importance to counties like K-12, um, mental health, stormwater, and things like that. Okay, let's get back to the idea of not having a budget in Virginia. I know this creates problems for, for counties all over the state. What, uh, you know, teacher contracts, uh, school board budgets, county budgets, you know, what's at risk? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, certainly, because of the way the state is structured where most services are supervised at the state level but administered uh, by the counties or cities, um, we rely heavily on the state as a funding partner. And so um, counties are well underway in, if not finished, with adopting their budgets. Um, counties have a, a deadline of July 1st to set their tax rates. They have a deadline of May 15th to set their education budgets. There's a little bit of wiggle room in the code, um, sort of assuming that there at times would be a state budget delay. Um, but it's, it's challenging to set those budgets without knowing the levels of revenues that you're going to be receiving from your major funding partner. So, um, you know, we've been assured um, that there will be a budget by the end of the fiscal year, but you know, the sooner the better. Now, Katie, we've seen uh, seen a lot of press releases from the Speaker of the House, Kirk Cox. We've seen uh, the Governor, uh, Governor Northam, put in uh, a couple of press releases dealing with the state budget and their desire to have a state budget. A lot of finger pointing going on out there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, who's to blame in this whole process? <laughs> you know, Dean, I think where we are is that it's not really about blame so much as getting resolution to this dispute in a timely fashion. And there's still time. And I think, you know, I would sort of characterize this as, as sort of a, an argument within the family or a philosophical dispute about what's the best way to go. And I think everyone's got, obviously got the best interest of the state at heart. And there's time to wrap this up. And so, you know, I think the, the parties just need to keep working in good faith to resolve this. And, you know, if, if things... Um, go as they may, we have heard that they may go next week, things could be resolved pretty quickly. All right, I'm going to press you on this. What's the holdup? <laughs> What's the holdup? What part, what what house is the holdup on this budget deal? Okay, so just as a recap of sort of where we are procedurally, um, the House passed a budget in April that's pretty similar to the proposal that they put forward during the regular session. Um, the Senate came back last week to work on that budget. They didn't take votes. They kind of discussed things in a conceptual way. Um, on Monday, um, the compromise proposal that I was talking about earlier was put forward. This is a, sort of an agreement, according to media reports, an agreement between Senator Hanger, the co-chairman of Senate Finance, and Delegate Jones, the chair of House Appropriations. So 
there was a lot of speculation that on Tuesday, um, when the full Senate met, that there would have been a Senate Finance Committee meeting earlier that day to take a vote on something and send a budget to the Senate floor to be worked on whether to be amended in accordance with that deal or potentially maybe sent to conference or something. Um, Senate Finance did not meet. There was a lot of speculation that there would be a procedural maneuver on the floor to force the House budget out of Senate Finance and amend it or vote on it. Um, That didn't happen. They ended up opting for a delay. So um, next week, Senate Finance is scheduled to meet at noon. The full Senate's meeting later that afternoon. Um, Senator Shazla, who's the minority leader, has said if they don't get a budget out, he's going to make the motion to discharge and force the budget out. Um, So if that happens and the votes are there to pass it on the floor, then conceivably the House could agree to it the next day without having to go to conference and send it to the budget, or excuse me, send it to the governor. So the ball is in the Senate's court right now to sort of make a long story short. Well, I know we have done some analysis at VACO of this current proposal. Can you name some of the highlights? You talked about additional resources earlier uh, with this Medicaid expansion. What kind of highlights are in this proposed budget? Well, sure. And, um, you know, this hasn't been out for so long, but but we've had a chance to go through it a little bit. Um, There is some additional uh, lottery per pupil um, uh, proceeds that are sent back to school divisions. There uh, is additional revenues for salary increases for teachers and state-supported employees. In the introduced budget, there was a salary increase for teachers, and it was a partial year in the second year, and it was a 2% raise. This compromise um, elevates that to a 3% raise, and it accelerates it so that it would be a full fiscal year in the second year of the biennium. Um, And it also expedites the 2% salary increase that was in the um, introduced budget for state-supported local employees and moves it up to the beginning of the fiscal year, too. So that's helpful. Um, There's $20 million for the Stormwater Local Assistance Fund in the first year. Um, There's some mental health money. It maintains some of the uh, funding that was in, or all the funding that was in the introduced budget for the the STEP Virginia initiative, which is um, a plan that the General Assembly agreed to in 2017 to set up a standard menu of services in all CSBs. So it includes that funding from the introduced budget and then also adds some additional money in the second year to start working on the next steps of the STEP Virginia. Um, and then also an initiative that we at VACO worked on with some um, coalition partners to help um, streamline Medicaid enrollment for inmates um, so that inmates who qualify for Medicaid even now, even without expansion, um, that when they go to inpatient care in hospitals, that that care can be picked up by Medicaid, which is something that can be done now, but the process is very cumbersome. And so this would help expedite that so that local and regional jails um, could see some pretty significant savings. So we're pretty happy about that. Pay raises, Uh, local state supported local employees. Mm -hmm. So we are projected to get uh, additional money for for the pay raises at the local level, correct? In the second year. In the second year. So how do we get how do we get movement on this budget? How do we get uh, senators to move to to support a budget with additional resources for local governments? Yeah. So we've um, been communicating with our members throughout the session. Um, we've been asking members in recent weeks to encourage their legislators to get an expedited resolution on this to provide certainty to local governments as they're putting their budgets together. 
Um, we sent a communication out yesterday asking members, providing a little bit of information about what's in the compromise proposal and asking our members to call their senators and encourage them to get this resolved as soon as possible. And so I think those conversations can be very meaningful because um, local elected officials and state elected officials are serving the same people. And so I think um, I think it's a partnership relationship. Um, and I think those can be um, helpful conversations to have. And we just hope that our members keep having them. Katie, thank you for sharing the pulse of Virginia's counties on this important budget issue. All right, thank you. My pleasure.